With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. A-U-N. American Underground Network. The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their lives, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human God, the politician, meets incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger lie or the God prophet? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square or whether it's the uh, Revolt Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the, the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. It's the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Connage, Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. Uh, again, I'm sorry about what happened last week. Uh, the gentleman, Kevin Galilei, uh kind of jumped ship on us, and uh, it will never happen again. I, I tried to make an attempt to get him back, and it's just not going to happen. We're going to kick the dust off our feet and move on. Uh, we've had many, many wonderful people on this call over the last nine years, and uh, we are so grateful and gratified that you, you pick up the phone, develop relationships, and, and people come on the call periodically to provide updates. Carl Swenson, our guest tonight, is one of those great people doing great work in his locale down there in Clayton County, <clears throat> Georgia, head of the uh, Clayton County Citizens Oversight Committee. And uh, has got some updates here on the local court system. Uh, They've been trying to access the grand jury, and they've got some real boots-on-the-ground efforts uh, just recently. He's going to update us on that. And, uh, Carl, thank you so much. I know it's sweltering, 
swelteringly hot and humid down there. It's uh, nice up here in Chicago, but uh, hot weather is coming our way this weekend. What's going on down there? Well, it's hot on a lot of different fronts, Fred. The um, uh, the weather, of course, is hmm, it's tolerable. I hate to think what it's going to be like in Chicago in another month, but uh, that's a story for another day. Eh, right now, it's uh, like I said, it's tolerable. And when it doesn't get to be tolerable in the middle of the day, that's why the good Lord helped us to invent air conditioning. So <laughs> we have a respite. Um, things are going rather interesting down here right now. And, you know, in your intro, you talk about uh, um, what, where, this whole, where this whole thing is, is headed, where we're, where we're eventually going, and why yeah. people like me try and exhaust every possible peaceful remedy that uh, might be available. We try every angle to try and get our redress. We try every, um, every stone being unturned. It, it doesn't matter if we can think of a different tack than we take it. And one of the, you know, I hate to say it for me, one of the last remaining areas where I think we have just a smidgen of a chance at being successful is that thing called the grand jury. Now, to date, nobody's been successful in getting through to them. And frankly, the DAs are scared to death that someone will. So scared, in fact, that they would bring out the reinforcements when people like me travel to the Superior Court just for the purpose of handing an envelope to the bailiff to deliver it to the grand jury foreman. They are scared to death. And they have reason to be scared to death, because when we do get through to one of these grand juries, there is, there is much work for them to do. And one of the first things that's, that's going to happen is that we're going to have to hold the DAs accountable for their federal violations in preventing us from getting to those grand juries in the first place. They have no right to do that, but they say we have no right to access. They are wrong. We are right. Now, having said that, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with rogue courts. We're dealing with a, um, a, a system wherein they control these grand juries, and to lose any measure of that control is to lose control of their entire county because that's about what will happen. Now, yes, I've tried at, at two, different, uh, two different grand juries, one in Henry County, one in Clayton County. Clayton County is the most interesting because there the, uh, the DA is just, well, she's trying to threaten me every time I go over to the courthouse. Uh, last time she threatened me with arrest because I mailed a letter to the grand jury foreman which is totally within my rights to do. And uh, the funny part about this is on, on Wednesday when we were down there in Clayton County Courthouse and we were refused, even though I had a judge with me who was trying to talk some sense into this DA, 
and cite the law to her. She did not want to hear the law at all. At all. So, the judge, when we got outside, said there's really only one course for us to take now, Carl, and that is to do a citizen's arrest. But we can only do that if we get the uh, uh, assistance of the U.S. Marshals and or the FBI to come and take possession of the prisoners once we do the arrest. So we called the FBI. Basically, we called the Marshal Service first. Yeah. After having to cite them the law regarding this, the agents on the other end of the line got frustrated and said, well, we can't help you. Okay. So we went to the FBI. Same result. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to consider this for a moment. The people on these grand juries are just average, normal citizens. Okay? And you can take that term however you want, but they really aren't uh, aware of what we know about the actual uh, slave status of U.S. citizens. Okay? That's all fine and well. But they are still our people on the inside. They are not part of the government. So, so that being the last, uh, the last place where we can go, now, should we be unsuccessful, there really is no other options left. Hey, Carl, Carl well, first off, where do these, do these grand juries play tiddlywinks all day long? What are they doing? I mean, are they physically in a room together like, like firemen in a firehouse uh, waiting for the alarm to go off? or well, What goes on? Where are they? Mechanically, uh, materially, I mean, what, what? It's a mystery. It feels like you're you're coming to the front gates of the Wizard of Oz, the castle of the Wizard of Oz. <clears throat> well, it, it, here here's what it is, Brad. Um, the grand jury convenes once a week over a period of three months. On that day, the district attorney brings them in train fashion. Indictment that they want after indictment that they want. Mm-hmm. As everybody knows, <laughs> any lawyer, any DA can pretty well indict a ham sandwich should they so desire. Mm-hmm. So it's a factory. They, what they do is they produce indictments for the benefit of the court and the uh, and the DA. Now, some of these indictments are actually, you know, necessary, like, you know, murder, rape, and things like that. But the majority are not. The majority are just a, a never-ending stream of victimless crimes that are being prosecuted and the people put away for the in the for-profit prison system. Yep. So, you know, again, all of the all of the criminal nature of this, you know, most of us are aware of that now. Uh, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, break into that system, find the chink in the armor, and then exploit it. And, you know, there's others taking other efforts. And, you know, there's private attorney generals. There's uh, judges out there that are uh, trying to wield their power and, you know, mostly self um, self-proclaimed. But, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Uh-huh, I see that. Huh? Okay. Um, but 
the bottom line is that's the club. And of yeah. course, as George Carlin said, we're not in it. We've got it. Yeah. You know, we've got it. Now, what happened? What happened in Athens, Tennessee, in 1946? I bring this up because it's not it's not too dissimilar. In this case, in 1946, the guys just got home from war, and they love their country, and they find that a crooked mayor who's up for re-election going against somebody coming out of the service, um, a good guy, literally steals the ballot box from the polling place and takes it to the courthouse where his hand-selected group of people are to now count the ballots. Mm-hmm. Well, well, of course, the, uh, the people in town said not just no, but hell no. Mm-hmm. They went to the armory, armed everybody in the town, every, every man that had had come back from the war, and they stormed and took that um, that government building. They did it in a fashion that was fast enough so that the ballot box was returned to the polling place, and the criminals had been put under arrest by these um, same people. And by the time the reinforcements that the mayor had asked for from Knoxville to come down got there, there was nothing to do. Yeah, It had already been done. That is... That is the scenario that we're looking at here because they have taken our courts. We don't have any any input. We don't have anything to do with the courts other than to pay whatever fines they levy against us or accept the prison terms they render against us. So that being the case, all right, we're not going to have any effect by filing this massive amount of paperwork, of uh, affidavits, this, that, and the other. I'm sorry, they look good, and they're, you know, I'm sure you can be proud of them. Uh, In a perfect world, they may even be valid enough to be actionable. Mm -hmm. But we're not living in in that world right now. Yeah. So all we can do is is take these attempts. But I don't stop there. I don't stop there. I think that we have an even better chance of affecting the change we're looking for by working the county level, maybe even the city level for you if it's big enough, let me explain that. Every county that I know of has certain provisions wherein as soon as the person that is a county commissioner is elected into office, he or she is immediately spirited into one or more various corporations that have been established by attorneys for the purpose of doing things that as elected, they cannot do. Now, one of the things they cannot do is encumber the county beyond a certain term. And in most cases, contracts the, uh, the, the county enters into cannot be entered into for more than one year if it is through the Board of Commissioners. And yet we see contracts all the time being flown around for, you know, 5, 10, 20, 30 years. Hmm. Well, that's only possible if you do something illegal to make it possible. That's what these corporations that have been established are doing. So through uh, a lot of research and uh, a lot of poking around, we at Patrick Henry Border Review found that uh, there were three main corporations here in Henry County that were doing the most pot licking. 
one of them they can't do anything about because they it has been so intertwined that it is almost uh, uh, impossible to get out of. It's called the Henry County Governmental Finance Corporation. Now, we can't even find what they actually have done because of the way they move money around within that thing called the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. But we do find that there's movement, and we do find that they're doing things that, uh, as elected, they can't do. And there's two other corporations. I, you know, I can tell you that one of them is uh, Henry County Office Industrial Park Corporation, and the other one is called Henry First. All of these were initiated for reasons that have nothing to do with their existence today. So I bring that out to the attention of the public. I do so at the county commission meetings. And lately I've just been hammering on one because I really don't need to, but the bleed over to, to another one has occurred. And now the commissioners are scrambling, literally scrambling, trying to distance dis, distance themselves from this. But they can't. As soon as they are elected into office, they are members on the board of directors of these various corporations, period, by charter. So in order for them to take themselves off of that, they have to be the board of directors and then vote whatever uh, sequence they, they want, either dissolution uh, just, um, or, or to put other, uh, other members on the board of directors. They have to be that board of directors in order to do that. And now that I've brought it up, they can't and won't. They've distanced themselves. Well, corporations are still out there. And unfortunately for them, as they publicly said that they were no longer members of this, some of that very same commission is actually still writing checks on this corporation. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who's, who's writing the checks? Who has the authority to write those checks? <laughs> <laughs> the Only the people on the board of directors, CFO, and the CFO is uh, – able to do that. Well, CFO um, apparently has uh, distanced himself from this corporation as well. But that was on April 1st. And on April 28th, he and the uh, uh, commission chairman's secretary, um, since I had to have two signatures on, the, on checks, signed a few checks and paid some bills. Oops. Not good. And the... Uh, the county attorney is trying his best to drag them into this corporate realm. On the last county commission meeting, um, anybody can look at it. It's, it's called Henry County Board of Commissioners, and you can go to the Board of Commissioners tab and look at the agenda and minutes and look for June the 20, uh, what was it, 21st? Whatever Tuesday was. What is yeah. Okay, yeah, June the 21st. And look at the video. Now, it gets a little boring. I'll be, I'll be on there in the beginning of it. And, uh, and towards the middle, they, they start touching on one of these corporations. And that's the Henry Indus Office Industrial Park Corporation. And when they do, the county commission chairman just, he, he backs up, he recoils. I don't have anything to do with that. And I'm not going to touch this. Won't do it. And nobody on the commission will either. He asks them. Nobody will. Wow. And then the other... And then the other corporation comes up late. At the, I think the final 20 minutes or so of that, uh, of 
that video, you'll see them dealing with this corporation called Henry First. It's supposed to be a nonprofit, and uh, you know they'll they'll expound all the virtues and everything. But that corporation, we can find nothing in any resolution going back to the time that it started that uh, authorizes wow. them, authorizes them to create these corporations. Boy, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Good stuff, Carl. <laughs> well, I'm saying this because I firmly believe that this is going on in pretty much every county across the country. Yeah. Now, here's another thing we just found out yesterday. Oh, this one's this one's a beaut. I love it. I can't wait to get in front of these idiots again. Um, we have something called an oath of office here, and that oath. Of- and that oath of office means that you have to um, um, sign certain conditions. One of them is that you do not owe the state any money at the time that you take your oath. Let me see if I can find the exact words on that. Oh, yeah, here they are. I do further solemnly swear or affirm that I am not the holder of any unaccounted for public money do this state or any political subdivision or authority thereof. Hmm. Then we go to the, uh, um, what is it? The ethics commission website. Yeah. And we find out that two of the commissioners have had an outstanding bill with that office, a government entity, by the way, for the state that they refused or just did not pay. Those debts were incurred, let's see, that would have been July of 2012. They were elected in November of 2012, and they took their oath in January of 2013. To this day, those debts have not been settled. So I just sent these these things off to the sheriff and to the commission chairman and, and his secretary, and... I've now called for a town hall meeting to address these issues and others. What we need to do is we need to establish new elections, completely new elections, independent of anything that is going on. And that's what's going to be the topic of discussion at this new town hall meeting. Um, And there's two ways that this happens. One is that the uh, commission chairman has a called meeting at the Board of Commissioners, in which case it would be it will be videoed by him and me. <laughs> um, and then we invite the public to come in and be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And that is that is one of the ways that we can get past the attorneys. Mm-hmm. Because the attorneys, you see, have to be the bidding of the counts of, of the county commissioners. Wait, the attorneys have to do what, Carl? Uh, the attorneys have to do, the county attorney has to do the um, bidding of the commissioners. Oh, okay. Uh, I had a couple of people that, let's see, I sent, uh, is it talkshoe.com? Yeah. Okay, with a caller, well, it's, they, one says the web page is not available. Um, the other one says he's on, so it must be working. Okay. Um, took me off point there a little bit. 
All right, people, leave me alone. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I can't answer this one. Um, I'm going to turn that down. We find the crimes. The crimes are not going to be prosecuted within the system of justice that we have right now. Yep, nope. But, but they will be prosecuted in, in the court of public opinion. Mm-hmm. They've, been, mm-hmm. they've been flying under the radar, and they've been able to keep silent these things. And then, unfortunately for them, um, here comes Swenson. Um, they've, had, they've had a little bit of a problem ever since that occurred. <laughs> because now the people that, uh, that I see at the county meetings who might have once thought me maybe a little on the squirrely side because of what I was saying yeah. are, now beginning, are now beginning to see that I have not said one thing that was an untruth one thing that wasn't exactly as we know it to be. Everything from the 14th Amendment being an invalid document to the, to the status of these commissioners who do not occupy the seats they were elected to occupy. And it's taken time, but I'm proving to them why that is the case. And they're, the commissioners, that is, are getting just a wee bit apoplectic. And I gotta say, uh, I'm glad that I've got a team because if it was just me, chances are the bullets would have been flying through this uh, remote place that I live in long ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And it's not its not like you're going in there wearing tinfoil hats, right? <laughs> no tinfoil hats. Although I'm sure that would be great comic relief. Um, I have to leave. I do have to leave the uh, the comedy out of this uh, little um, equation because I am a comic at heart, and <laughs> and uh, and sometimes I can't help laughing at their at their stupidity. I, I really can't. It is rather incredible. So here we are. Here we are fighting at this level, and we've got people that you know. I want to talk about, well, they're breaking this law, that law, and everything. Okay, fine, guys. Um, (laughs) Who's going to enforce those laws? We know who's going to enforce laws against us. Who's going to enforce laws against them? Nobody but us. Nobody but us. So I'm coming to that uh, realization real quick because I'm pretty much exhausted have pretty much exhausted all uh, peaceful efforts that I can, short of I'm still going to pursue the grand jury. Trust me on that. Um, I have other counties that I can go to in order to get in front of them. And what I've got to put before them is simply this. In the county of Clayton, for example, a fireman came to me and said, well, I got into an accident and they fused a couple of vertebrae on my neck, and I can no longer be a fireman. And they want to fire me. I said, there's nothing I can do about that, my friend. He said, yeah, but what happened is they put me into a, a position, a clerical position, and then forced me to alter documents to change the time, the, re- the response time it took for the emergency service people to arrive on scene. Are you kidding me? No. Nope. Wow. 
And there's a couple of other firemen that have uh, contacted me as well that will back that up. So first thing I do is you got to love this. Put it in the system and let them do what they're supposed to do, right? So my lovely lady and I go, along with uh, my friend Mark Sanders, go up to the insurance commissioner's office and garner a meeting with the chief investigator for the, the fraud investigator for the insurance commission because the documents that he's, uh, he's altering or had altered under duress, I might add, those documents help determine the insurance rates of everybody in the, in the county, not to mention making the um, police chiefs and all their minions look better so that they can get their raises. So we took it to the insurance commissioner. And the insurance commissioner, um, their office seems or seemed genuinely interested. We actually had a second meeting where evidence was uh, provided. And it still sits with them. But, you know, the wheels of justice, they really do turn ever so slow when it's going the other way. Ever so slow. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not real happy with that. You know, um, we should all be entitled to our day in court and we should have our justice meted out in an expeditious form where possible. And we have felons operating within the fire department in Clayton County, Georgia. This is what the, um, this is what the DA does didn't know, but now probably will because I'm openly announcing it and I'm going to be openly announcing it to the, um, uh, television stations and to the other media I wanted to do that this afternoon, but I, I think I'll get a fresh start on it in the morning because I got a lot of talking to do. And uh, that, in addition to the fact that I had already started the process of getting the information on the grand jury foreman and was prevented from getting that information. So anytime they obstruct my ability to access that grand jury, that, again, is a federal crime, Title 18, Section 241, 242, and 1512, okay? You know, again, their laws, why not use them against them? So, uh, Carl, how did you get the grand jury's name or, or address or location? Okay. You go to the, the clerk of court for the superior court. And you can ask them. Of course, they won't give it to you, but you can ask them. Or you can ask for the last indictment. And you probably won't get that either. They'll tell you. Wait, wait, well, I ask, ask for what? What was the second thing? The last indictment issued by the grand jury. The last indictment, because, okay. Yeah, because the grand jury foreman's name will be on there. Okay. Now, they wanted to... Uh, um, play around with me and uh, they refused to give it to me, but, you know, hinted that I could get it by getting on their computers and um, going through the court cases and finding out, you know, when the last indictment was, which eventually I did, but that was my first attempt. And the first attempt was what I was using to show the FBI that, uh, yeah, show the FBI that um, I was prevented from 
getting this information by the um, district attorney's office. And I was. An investigator for the district attorney's office came down immediately and tried to question what I was doing, asked if I would take the information and give it to them to review so that they could put it before them. And I said, no, I've, I've been down this road before. You know, you guys, <laughs> you guys didn't bother to do anything with the county attorney, but he stole $2 million out of the, out of the special purpose local option sales tax. So, uh, and you didn't do anything with the uh, $50,000 in groceries that was paid for out of that same special purpose tax. Uh, no authorization to do either one, but you know, somehow those kind of like got lost. So, no, I, I don't really trust you guys anymore. Yeah. So just give me the information I, me, I need and leave me alone. Yeah. And the next time I went down there, you know, it was even more interesting. The next time I went down there, I was given a personal escort through the courthouse with a, uh, a fully decked out, looked like a SWAT team member, I'm telling you. He, he, he had so much, so much gear on him. I guess they are really, really afraid of me. But that constitutes intimidation. Wow. So all of these things are crimes that they're committing against us. <clears throat> and I'm making them aware of these crimes. Carl, this, this is fascinating. You're trying to find and access the name and the address and the time and the location of the grand jury foreman. Not, not just yep. the grand jury. This is the grand jury foreman. That's correct. And I did. I did. Okay, you, okay, you, you did. Now, did you meet with a grand jury foreman face-to-face? Nope, have not been able to do that. That has been prevented, again, by the okay, district got attorney. It. Got it. She has seen all the documents that I have put forward to the grand jury foreman, and she is even more livid now because I didn't give her what I just gave you <clears throat> earlier as the reason why I was in front of them, just that there was criminal activity in the county, and I needed to get in front of them to show them the evidence of this activity. Wait, wait that, is this a, a federal district attorney or is this the state's attorney's office? No, this, state, uh, this is a district attorney, a uh, county attorney. We have uh, uh, grand juries in every county in the state. Okay. So, um, and, and that's, the, that's the next tack, you see, and, and they know that. They know. I, she'll probably go, go so far as to contact every... Uh, every one of the 158 other uh, counties in the state to make sure that those DAs are aware of who I am and what I'm trying to do. Holy crap. This is interesting. Wow. They they cannot afford to let me in front of a grand jury foreman because once they do, they they know that their goose is cooked. I will call them up as the very first witness. And there they do not have the benefit of the Fifth Amendment. They either answer or they go to jail now. So that is why they're a little concerned with me being there. I know what has to be done. I just need to get inside the <laughs> inside to talk to these people. You need to meet with one face to face, Carl. This is fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Well, you see. You know, by making myself public out there with everything I'm doing at the Board of Commissioners, they're they're going to find out who I am because the next time I get in front of the Board of Commissioners or the television, whichever comes first, this information is going to be put out there. I'm not going to sit on it. They're not going to get that lucky. 
So that is just one county. Now the other county, the one the one I reside in, holy moly, we've got a a criminal enterprise here, like well, kind of like what you expect there to be everywhere. <laughs> but they're doing it through these corporations. And now I have the county chairman on record as admitting that these corporations were specifically set up to allow them to do things that as elected they could not. Did he go on the record? Uh, was that recorded? Or, uh, yes, was... yes, indeed. That is that is on their record. They videotaped those meetings. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they're on record as, as showing that this is criminal activity. And the, this, the, the, the county attorney is now um, trying his best to pull them back into this corporate arrangement so that he can control them. It's an extortive attempt on the, on the part of the, um, at least that's my opinion, an extortive attempt on the part of the county attorney to get them involved in activities that are not allowed under their job description. So we've got it, we've got it going on in both counties. We've got a, we've got a bunch of people that are um, following and some are now joining this effort. I've got a commission, uh, somebody who ran for commission chairman who is working with me right now on this. And, um, we have, we have, we have also found this other neat little, neat little tool. And I, I was, I started to tell you about it. I do further solemnly swear or affirm that I am not the holder of any unaccounted for public money, blah, blah, blah. Well, we've got two commissioners who are, which means they took their oath and perjured themselves in the process. They are invalid. They do not occupy the seats that they are in. Everything that they voted on is null and void. Oops. Wow. And that, that I put before the, uh, the sheriff yesterday. All right, boys, what do you want to do? So and of see, course, the sheriff has to know you uh, very, very well by now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, look, what we have found across the country is that these sheriffs themselves are caught up in this corporate nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Every, everything is a corporation, all right? Everything, including the sheriff's office. And that's why the courts do it because they roped them into a situation where they are doing things that their office wouldn't allow them to do. Their elected office couldn't do. And now they know it. So what are they to do? <laughs> Hell, they don't even have legitimate bonds for that matter. Wow. Which is, which is another issue. Um, I don't know if you guys realize this, but uh, in 2010, we had something called the, the Dodd-Frank bill. Supposed to be a, a a banking bill, it wasn't. They like to do that bait and switch. You know what I mean? Well, one of the things they switched up was it wasn't about banking so much as as it was about insurance, and it allowed for um, the counties, the states, probably the federal government too, to all be self-insured. Yeah, think about think about that for a moment. First. 
They just destroyed one aspect of the insurance industry. They took it over. Second, in that very same document, they made Jacob Lou responsible for determining whether something was or was not an act of terrorism. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? He's, he's the final arbiter. Did you know that? Our Treasury Secretary determines what is and what isn't a terrorist act. It's in Dodd-Frank. Look at it. Um, but again, that's another story for another day. These are all criminal acts going on that we know that it's a criminal cabal. We catch them in this, and they refuse to take any corrective action. I'm sorry, but I'm not real pleased with that. And I don't think you should be either. So at what level do you want to go after? You want to go after the city? You want to go after the county? I seem to think that we are having our most um, most effect at the county level, yeah. going, after, going after the commissioners and showing them how and why they do not occupy the offices they were elected to sit in. They are corporate stooges for the power structure, which is the group of people that are appointed beneath them, that they're supposed to be doing their bidding. Sorry, other way around. County managers, city managers. County attorneys, city attorneys. County finance directors, city finance directors. All of these are the power structure within the county. So the, inmates are, the inmates are running the asylum. Absolutely. But again, didn't you know this already? I shouldn't be telling you anything you don't already know. <laughs> but it is, it is a fact. And all we can do is try and get our stuff heard, if not in the realm of, uh, uh, of, of the Justice Department, then in the realm of, of, of public opinion. And I'm sure, as, as sure as I'm sitting here, that when the public catches wind of everything that I've just told you about here tonight, they're not going to be real happy. Which is why, which is why the Atlanta Urinal Constipation, formerly known as the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, um, refuses to print that which I have uncovered concerning these corporate involvements of the county commissioners. And it's also a reason why Tom Jones, a lead reporter for Channel 2 Action News here, the television station in Atlanta, doesn't understand that these grand juries are for the people. They're not just for the DA. You see, he too thinks they're just the DA's domain. Yeah. And he is wrong. I have I I think I sent you uh, I, I cc'd you or bcc'd you on uh, one of the emails or two of them that I just sent out recently, <laughs> and in there I cited case law that uh, proves that we the people have every freaking right to get in front of not get in front of them but to petition the grand jury. How do we petition them? We put our information in an envelope. We address it to the grand jury foreman requesting an audience to get in front of them. 
and we hand it over to the bailiff. We don't go storming into the into the room, a la, you got to love the guy, Commander yeah. Walter Francis Fitzpatrick, and I do. I, I, I respect the hell out of him. But yeah. he was going to arrest the grand jury foreman. You know, that was that was a different scenario. Yep. And by the way, he was justified in every aspect of what he was doing. Because to have a grand jury foreman sit continuously for 25 consecutive years on the payroll of the court, it sounds just a little fishy, don't you think? So, folks, that's what we're dealing with. They're rogue. The courts are rogue. We knew it. We suspected it. And now we're proving it at every level. So the only thing we can do is make their life miserable at the county commission level. Because you know yeah, something? Some of their checks come from that very same county commission. Hmm. That's not true. I'm sorry? It's not true. What you're saying, what you're saying. See, the problem with what you're doing, you're, uh-huh. a, single choke, you're, a, you're a single choke point. They get rid of you, and all the activism goes away. They get rid of you. Well, there's not enough of you to stop this because the general public is completely unaware of what you're doing. So what you need is a public ledger of every single transaction everybody executed that's constantly growing and completed that's added to a new set of records continuously. Information is added to the linear ledger chronological order uh-huh. That, and then each each node, each one of these, each one of these ledgers is connected to every other ledger, and they're all merged. And you and you get a good copy of what's going on in all places at all times in a chronological download, automatically joining a huge network. Worldwide. He's talking about smart contracts, Bitcoin, sure uh, digital, digital currency. That's exactly what I, Carl, I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the blockchain, which is a, a the ledger of everything, of everything. The blockchain right now is being adopted by the banks and by everybody else, and now big nations are doing it, and they don't know what they're doing. They're actually exposing themselves to the general public because this record, by the way, is immutable. If, for example, I were to take any one of the transactions you were talking about with the corporation and tried to change it like those people were doing against their will, you know what happened to the transaction in this network? It's kicked out. And every other network, every other computer in the network, and there could be hundreds of thousands of them, some of them wouldn't be in this country, would say, you can't do that. The transaction doesn't work. It's wrong. It destroys the network. And voila, it becomes broadcasted, and anybody anywhere on the planet can see it, including all the residents of the, of the county that you're in, if you want to see it. Anytime there's a corporation that's putting money in the wrong place, like that off-balance sheet uh, uh, transaction you were talking about, all of that. To be recorded. And by the way, what I'm talking about is not BS. What I'm talking about right now is that entire countries are beginning to adopt this methodology. One of which is doing it right now is the Isle of Man. Some of you may not know what the Isle of Man is. It's part of the, it's part of the United Kingdom. It's part of Britain, right? Um, another another organization, another place is doing it right now. A little place, a little nasty place called Belize is doing it. Puerto Rico is going to be doing it very soon, etc. You're going to be seeing it happening all over the world. So when they try and get rid of someone like you, or the, the someone's like you with awareness, they can't do it because they'll be, for example, trying to change records that are already accounted for, accounted for on this particular system <coughs> and exist right now. 
There's six Al, 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 what? Al, what, 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 what? it sounds yeah. like where you're going here is a discussion at the county level for the introduction and use of the blockchain, the intelligence. Everywhere. You know, uh, everywhere. Okay, right. but, but, everywhere. But what right. Carl is talking now. about is county level right. transaction. Right. Okay. County level, town look. level, state level, I don't care what level it is. Federal level. Look. Doesn't matter. Hey, look. Look, Al, look. Let me let me let me suggest something to you. Um, I do not know anything about what you speak, what you're speaking about, but I would love to because should we uh, or when we get this town hall meeting going, gee, what a perfect place to introduce it. Absolutely, I'm happy to do it. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, let me give you my email. My email is Carl. That's C C A R L. At YLN, that stands for Your Live Network, dot TV. Carl at YLN dot TV. I can send you material about it. In fact, what I was doing as you're talking, I took the uh-huh. basic definition of the blockchain and I'm, and I'm substituting words with my word processor for all the things you're talking about. Instead of having, you know, dollar transactions or Bitcoin transactions, or contractual transactions, or legislative transactions, or change of contract transactions. I'm just changing the words one after the other. And by the way, the blockchain can record all this stuff, and it's immutable. You cannot reverse it. If you reverse cool. it, it gets kicked out. Any cool. transaction. Now, so, let me let me just let me just say that yes, that's that sounds like a wonderful thing, and it would make my life a heck of a lot easier when I'm when yeah. I'm looking for information. Uh, currently, I, I have to glean what I can from the uh, corporations involved in the in the county. I have to use very very varied uh, methods. Well, I don't. My lovely research assistant does. Uh, yeah. She knows how to maneuver that stuff and and find all these things for me. And and she has. Uh, we what we've uncovered here is it is what has been called the the uh, the good old boy corrupt network. Nothing, nothing more, nothing less. It is exactly that. So now that we know what it is, now, now we can put this before the people and say, hey, guys, yeah, this might slow them down a little bit. So why don't we t- take this tack and go with this group? Here's why this will work. Every major bank in the United States, whether you know it or not, is, is converting their back room to the blockchain right now, which means Good. that every government that you can think of, must. In order to, to coincide with their system, they won't be able to talk to one another. So they're giving each other the disease. They don't even know they're giving each other. So in, in an effort to make things easy for them to do, they've built an immutable, massively distributed system of accounting that they can't do a damn thing about because it's in the public domain and they can't hide it. It's as simple. Al, as that. Al, Al, why are the banks yeah. doing this? Or, or is it just to remain competitive? What, getting, why? No, well, they're, they're, they're getting rid of lots and lots of employees doing this. They no longer need all kinds of bookkeepers and record keepers and builders, et cetera. In fact, in my town, in Potomac here, they just closed the main branch of Bank of America. Imagine that. The largest bank in the country, and they closed the main bank in the richest town in the state. Brilliant. But you know why they can do it? Blockchain. Every major bank in the United States is going to the blockchain. They will not allow the general public to see what they're doing in the back room. But if you read the regs, as I do, that's exactly what they're doing. And they have no choice because they can't compete otherwise. 
also, from what uh, Carl was saying, these county commissioners getting away with this in, in uh, Clayton County, I can assure you, if they're getting away with that, thank God almighty what they're doing in Fulton County. So I think that's why Channel 2 is uh, is keeping quiet about it, because, my God, if they exposed it in Clayton County, if they if it's just under, just barely showing what was going on in Fulton County, that would really bust it wide open. So I, I think that's, I think you're on the cuff of, of breaking that thing wide open from what you're uh, the, from hearing. The, 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 you know, the, 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 the subsidiary of, of Britain being, uh, you know, Isle of Man is doing this right now. They converted the entire nation. You can Google it right now and see what they're doing. I'm in touch with the people that do the actual conversion, and I'm and attempting to get several an entire nation, another entire nation to do it right now who wants to do it. A little tiny place called Belize, only 330,000 people. You're doing it right now. At the end of the day, you cut the cost of running a business, running your business, call the county by about 70 to 80 percent, and all the records are available to guess who? Every single resident in the county cares to look at it, and there's no way for the government to stop you from seeing it. It's it's, it's an open system. You can't stop it. Simple as wow, that. That's, that's what you do. That's good. That's good. But you, you, you said an operative word there, and that has to do with our doing our due diligence, which we are absolutely want to do. So many people, yeah, so many people don't want to spend the time to hold their elected feet to the fire. They don't want to do it. They don't have the time because they're too busy out there chasing a dollar to pay their freaking taxes. Well, what, what, the reason this came up for me in particular, I was approached by a former congressman named Richard Chrysler. He was a, he was a congressman from the, from the uh, state of Michigan. Name of his familiar, I'm sure. He is now, he's now decided no longer to be a U.S. citizen, has decided to become a citizen of beliefs. But he also wants to buy beliefs. He's one of the former richest men in America. So he wanted to figure out a way to make the government more efficient. Well, guess what? We're going to give him one. And he's going to have every single gov- every single part of that government sitting on the blockchain. So everything that they do will be on the blockchain, so they can figure out exactly what's going on inside the country. So whether they bring in a brand new airport, they build a new water purification system, they pay- what they pay for their, their public employees, the taxes, what the, what, even what the what the president of the country makes. Guess what? There's always a record for it everywhere. It'll be one of the first countries like like the Isle of Man. That'll completely be documented. Uh, one of the one of the provinces in the Philippines is asking to do the same thing. Now, I hope I hope I'm still around next year to be able to talk about this because I'm helping bringing this bringing this forward. Um, but you know, if you get them to agree to use the blockchain, just like their bankers are doing and all the corporations in America are doing, then you know what? You don't need to say another damn thing because then they already have all their records on the blockchain. And you'll be able to see exactly what they're doing. And it's not a blessed thing they can do about it. It's an open, trust-free system. When I mean trustless, I mean trust-free. You don't have to trust anybody, and they can't change the records, period. It's the way it works. Um, and there's lots of recitations about it. I can send you dozens. but you know. And I'm not telling you this is nirvana. I'm not telling you this is going to be easy to do. But I am telling you that this is a mathematical solution that they can't fix because they can't break it. Al, I think what, what we've talked about with Carl on this call many, many times is research that he has done and activities that have, have stemmed around 
uh, what's called the CAFR, the Comprehensive Annual Financial Report. That's a summary document that uh, has numbers in it, but not the detail behind the numbers. What you're saying is the blockchain contains transaction by transaction, the granular detail at, at the transaction level, right? Correct, correct. Every single transaction, back to the first transaction that's ever been accomplished while you put something on the blockchain, et cetera, will be recorded and may not be changed, period, ever. Well, I'm looking forward to getting that information from you because uh, – you know, that may be something that we can put in place here. I'd love nothing better. But, you know, the bottom line is we have to get them to a point where they'll uh, consider this stuff in the first place. And the only way they'll consider that is when they come back into compliance with the um, the uh, power structure. And what you is the power structure? You don't hit over the head. You got to hit them over the head. That's what no, I'm doing don't. right Actually, now. I don't think you have to. I think you slip it to them. This is a much better way for you to do your bookkeeping. It's a much better way for you to do your record keeping. And they go, ooh, we can cut our payroll by 30%. And we're using this great system? Fantastic. Well, Suddenly again, you uh, walk- I can't <laughs> say anything about it until I see it, but I'll be, yeah, uh, I'll be looking forward to it big time. Sure. Carl, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure you, you and Al get in touch with each other behind the scenes, okay? That'll yeah, be fine. Just, I'll send you my, right. my, my information. We can talk by phone as well. That's great. I'll be looking forward to it, you know. I really what I'm will. doing, Fred will tell you, it's what I've been doing for two years. I mean, this, this kind of stuff. Um, well, look, we all have to work together in this. You know, yeah. if it's not going to be an easy task for us to turn this uh, ship of state, I don't know, I'm, turn it around, get it righted, get it off the bottom of the ocean, whatever the heck you want to, whatever analogy you want to use. But uh, we've got a serious job in front of us. And um, whatever we can find that's going to make that a little easier to, to handle, you know, God bless you. Please send it on. But in the meantime, still got to take our shots. And in the meantime, we've still got to um, give them a bunch of kidney blows in, the, you know, in their soft underbelly and uh, bring them back into a situation where they understand that they work for us. We well, can no longer afford them running around with their haughty attitudes all day long. I live in a town on top of Washington, D.C., and you know what? The houses here keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and they're all lobbyists and politicians. And I'm not talking about houses that are 6,000 or 7,000 square feet. I'm talking about houses that are 50 or 60,000 square feet. They'll knock yeah. down four or five houses at a time and put up a, a nice little home of 40,000 square feet. Heck of a club. Huh? It's a heck of a club, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, I've got Congressional Country Club here, Avenel. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, all the Marriott's here, et cetera. They're all here. Um, well, let me, let, me let me ask you something. What, yeah. in your opinion, what businesses should the government be involved in? None. What businesses? None. Exactly. And None. yet that's not the case now, is it? It's not. In fact, I supported a man. His name is David Trone, T-R-O-N-E, okay? He owns a little company called Total Wine. You may have heard of them. You may have even seen one of his stores. He's a progressive, if you can believe it. He's a progressive Democrat, right? Here's what he does. He employs everybody at $25 an hour or more. He has 5,000 employees. He pays for the college education if they want it. 
it gets the, it gets the people all GEDs if they want it. If you're if, if you're a, a criminal setter, he never asks you a, a single thing on an application about um, uh, your criminality if you've already paid your debt to society, right? His business uh, started off 25 years ago with one store. There's 150 of them across the country, one in, this, one in the state that I live in. He does $2.5 billion worth of business every single year, growing at 18%. He ran against the Democratic machine. He ran as a Democrat, knowing full well you can't win anything other than being dog catcher unless you run as a Democrat, and he <laughs> lost against the machine. He lost against the machine here. Now, you can see some of this stuff on YouTube. He will shock you. His, his attitudes about things. He's, he's most, I mean, I don't like politicians. This is the first guy in my life, my 60 plus years, that I actually think could run a nation. You had a guy like this? I mean, and by the way, he treats himself very well. This is a 60,000 square foot house, right? But he pays himself a marginal, ta- marginal income on his $2.5 billion, about $25 million a year. And he says, I don't worry about the taxes I pay. You know, he should. It's one thing they don't agree with him with. But, but the fact of the matter is, this guy pays more wages and more benefits than I've ever seen in my life to everybody, and yet he couldn't get the time of day. Here's another thing. He, ran, he started running in January of this past year. He put out $15 million in, in order to run. He ran for 90 days. How much money of that do you think was public money or contributions? Probably zip, zero nada. Exactly, nothing, zero. His family was bankrupt when he started this, 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 whole, this whole odyssey with building this, this, this uh, a wine franchise of his around the country. And uh, he's amazing. Now, I'm sure that there are flaws in this guy. It's not Jesus Christ. Maybe he is. I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but he's the most amazing guy I've ever seen in my life. Um, and he shocked me. Well, my wife, who's British, says to me, seeing him on TV, you better watch this guy. I said, I don't, I don't support politicians. Next day, I'm down in his headquarters, running around, stickers all over my cars, putting out signs, you name it, you know. Um, and uh, it's amazing. Well, that's your, that's, your, that's your big mistake right there because you're playing in the system. I know that. Okay. You, yeah, you do it. know that. So, so um, you know, you get caught up in the hype and everything. Now, that, that's fine and well. God bless you. But bottom line is this. We've got to change the system, the whole system. It is corrupt from top to bottom. You know that. I know that. Of course I do. Most of the country knows that. So, you know, we've got, we've got to make the changes. That's what I'm trying to do here in, in, in these two counties. And that's what's having a, a little bit of an effect on these people. And possibly, just possibly, if I don't bankrupt them, then, um, then I'll get them to acquiesce to the will of the people who are the top of the food chain as far as they're concerned. But you've got to put a system in place that lives beyond you and beyond me and, and beyond the people listening on this phone call. You've got to make it so, they, so, that, so that the politicians and, and the, the guys who are, are career government people can't do a damn thing about the record keeping that they, that, they, that they keep. And thereby, the thing about public opinion, which is what you were talking about before, thereby, the public opinion comes out in, in droves saying, hey, wait a minute, I just checked something on the blockchain here. I don't like what you did. And so the guy thumbs his nose at you, or she thumbs your nose at you. Fine, it's fine in the newspapers, or on a blog on on a computer, or on the news. It's uh, hey, Al, Al, yeah. what, what, what it sounds like for Carl's understanding purposes is that uh, the current system operates in 
in darkness in, in a cave, and, and, and a guy in the in the left side of the room lights a little tiny candle and does his own private deal, and the guy on the right side right. of the room, way across the way, does the same thing, and then the candle goes out, and these are private, conditional light sources that come and they go, and nobody knows how to connect the dots except for the right. attorneys and the people inside right. the power structure. The and the people who are like, paying attention. The blockchain is like taking is like finding a switch on the wall, turning that on, and overhead there's a light that is shining down on everything. Is that a, a, is that a summary? Essentially, it's essentially it's like walking into a room that's full of cockroaches, right? Yep. The white room, white floor, white walls, white ceiling. Flip on the light. Where do they all go? To the darkness. They, they try, but there's no place for them to hide. It's all light. Mm-hmm. So no matter where they go, the lights are on. Eventually, they continue to run and try and hide and try and hide. They start cannibalizing each other until they all drop dead. And that's not a very nice thing to say. But the thing is that the way this is, the lights come on. You can't turn them off. <laughs> it's as simple hey, as that. Hey, hey, Carl, many years ago, I used to be in the securities business at the exchange level, and I told this story on this call a few times. But one of the things I uh, did is that I got the, the eight of the ten largest firms on Wall Street to agree to give up their data, their trading data, to two professors that I selected to analyze that trading data. Okay? Now, why would they want that trading data analyzed? Well, people like me, like you, Carl, and Alfred, had dropped the seed of doubt about what was happening to their customers' orders when they were sent to Bernie Madoff or when they were sent to uh, Herzog Tiny Gadul or all these platforms out there that their customers were being executed on and being ripped off upon. And we found concretely in our own walk through the trading industry, that Bernie Madoff was lying, cheating, and stealing. We just couldn't prove it. So we asked for the data, and what what Alfred's talking about is concretely putting this data in a way that it can be managed, analyzed, and 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 then the results driven report can be can be uh, documented. Uh, it's like shining the light on everything. You know, as soon as we, as soon as we got those results, here's the thing for it's, yep. it's a system. It's a system whereby you are using it operationally to run the government. Period. The system that makes the government more efficient. The system that makes it cheaper. It doesn't necessarily have the, the idea of making it more transparent. It just happens to be one of the attributes, the unforeseen consequences of doing business just this way, and it's being adopted by all the big banks now, all over the country. You Google it, find out if R3 is doing it. Every big bank you can think of is using the blockchain to run themselves. What they don't understand is, is that when somebody comes along like Carl, says, I want to have legislation that says, I want to see your, your records, and they say no, and they say, too bad. We want to see your blockchain. Tough. They have no choice. Well, because if they're, public, look, if they're publicly held companies, they're out there. Look, that's, that's right now, that is nothing more than uh, another arrow in the quiver. Um, but it doesn't affect what we're trying to affect here. And what we're trying to affect here is the removal of these uh, de facto impersonators or imposters that run around claiming to be our public servants. 
We need to hold our elections. We need to populate our government with our people and do so and continue to make sure that they stay de jure in what they do, that they are the constitutional reps that uh, they are sworn to be. By the way, you can, you, can run, you can run an election with the blockchain as well. If you if you if you don't get into if you don't can't fill out all the checks on the thing to become qualified, when the elections go off, you find out that they don't they're not qualified and it will show up on the record. Well, look, is your name Alfred? It is. Okay, uh, my middle name is Alfred also. So, uh oh, Alfred meet Alfred. <laughs> hey Fred. Hey Fred. 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 Say what? Yep. He's one of the Fred. Yeah, yeah, I, I am. am. <laughs> it's the it's Fred factor going on here. The Fred factor mm-hmm. going on here. Yeah, well, listen. So, uh, so look, let's, let's, let's just, uh, I don't know how much more to go with this. I just want you to let you know that um, we are fighting the good fight, and we do not, I do not do this alone. I have, a, I have a team of people now that are helping me with this, and thank God I do. Because um, God. I, if I... If I did not have that that uh, support and that uh, that group of people yesterday, or excuse me, was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday, I was just a uh, breath away from being arrested by this intimidating DA. I, I yeah. felt like I was going to be to the point where I turned around and handed my wallet over to my lovely assistant here and um, was ready for the outcome. So, you know, that's what we have to do. We have to put ourselves out there. When we know we're right, we stand on what's right, and we don't come off of it. And they can't handle that. They don't this know what's right. Rebecca M. Campbell, may I speak? Sure. Rebecca, yeah, we're wrapping up the call, and I just wanted to say uh, to thank you, but you can speak, Rebecca, but one second. Uh, Carl uh, presented, and uh, we're going to get Alfred in touch with Carl uh, behind the scenes. Uh, but uh, and, and and we're going to kind of abbreviate the call tonight. But but go ahead, Rebecca, for the Q and A section of the call. Anybody else a comment or a question beginning with Rebecca? Go ahead. Okay, it's, it's not clear to me. Is Carl leaving the call? No, no, he's on the call I'm right now. It. He's going to take a couple more questions, and Rebecca is going to be the first one of the couple more. Go ahead. Okay, my problem is I'm not going to ask a question. I have something to say, but it sounds like you want questions, so I'll bow out. Oh, okay. Well, Rebecca, we need to have you on on, a, on, on next week's call. How about that? Can you come on next week? Could, but but I, I need to be in touch with Carl because I have several extremely things to say that would be a great help for what he wants to do with this town meeting. Okay. okay now, well, in that regard, yeah. uh, again, uh, Fred, please have her get in touch with me. Rebecca, my email address is carl at yln.tv. That stands for yourlivenetwork.tv. Just drop me an email, and I'll be looking forward to conversing with you because this is what's on the agenda right now. As a matter of fact, I called today for that town hall meeting. And whether they and do I'll it. There's two parts to this, and this I'll just very briefly summarize. It deals uh-huh. with the Capper scam. I filed criminal charges here in the state of Washington four years ago concerning the, the entire CAFR scam in general, but particularly in the state of Washington that lays out the whole thing, and, and, and it's been used a number of times to affect major change. So that's number one. Number two, um, I'm with a, a network nationwide 
but particularly in the Pacific Northwest, there seems to be a hotbed for this, using administrative uh, contract law to take out corrupt officials. We're doing it in Seattle. We've actually, we're the first city that I know of where we seem, at least for the moment, to have prevented the imposition of smart, of very dangerous, greenwashed, smart utility meters, which are essentially surveillance devices, very dangerous surveillance devices on the people. Um, we right. stopped several uh, key egregious things going on using this, and you're using this uh, understanding that, that we, we have corporations masquerading as governments and contractors in, this, in the positions of the officials, and these officials are being held accountable and resigning because of the, of the actions that we're taking against them. Half the city council that imposed the smart readers resigned as well as the head of the public utility. Wow. Well, God bless okay. you for what you are doing, Rebecca. Anybody that is engaged in this struggle to return us to a state of freedom is a friend of mine. So We need to talk because it goes beyond that, but I'm just giving you a taste. Yes, you do. And uh, Rebecca, yes, Rebecca I, I've got your email, and I think I've got your number, and I'll make sure you're, you're in touch with Carl, okay? And I'll be happy to come on next week if you want and give you an update. There's a lot to update. Okay, sounds good. We got a date. I'll be in touch on, on the email. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks, Rebecca. Any anybody else? Well, Real quick, because Carl's going to go. Comment or question for Carl Swinton? Uh, can you unmute Steve, or is everybody unmuted? Yeah, there's Star there's six some your people phone. on. Okay, Star six. All right, guys. Uh, this is that time of year. It's peak light week. It's all downhill from here. Enjoy the light uh, of, of truth, uh, the light of redemption. Uh, guys like Carl Swenson and Rebecca Campbell, Al Jordan, and many others who have been on this call, we thank you. We applaud you. Uh, and that, that's why this call, that's why we do this call every week. Carl, uh, I, I hope you and Alfred do get in touch and you understand what Al's <laughs> talking about because we're talking about revolutionary, really exciting stuff here. And uh, uh, I told Al over the years, as he's been on this kick for the last two years, I, you know, I don't know the details either, but I'm a great evangelizer, so just give me a little bit of understanding, and I'll evangelize the heck out of it. <laughs> uh, while, while, that's, while that's going on, while you evangelize that, I'm going to continue to uh, chip away at the, uh, the armor that has been protecting these yahoos from us and see if we can bring them back into some sort of compliance. Now, there's one thing before I go. Let me explain one thing before I go. Okay. There's been some speculation about whether or not we have um, the jure government elected officials. Yeah. Well, at present, we do not. However, the system is there that we can take advantage of that can return them to your status. So yeah. whether or not we use that or, or scrap the whole damn thing and start over again, that's up to us, not up to them. So let's, uh, let, let, let's, let's work with this angle. But understand that there's many out there that truly, and I mean this from my heart, truly don't understand how they have been usurped. Mm-hmm. And once we get them on our side to understand the actual criminality that they have called corruption in general, but we lay out the groundwork for what exactly that corruption is, 
then we have a better chance of getting them to rectify some of the egregious uh, errors of their ways. And is it going to be enough? I doubt it. But it's a start, for goodness sake. And that's all I wanted to say. Sounds sounds good. Carl, Carl Swenson, thank you uh, again. I will make sure you're in touch with Al. Anybody, everybody out there, uh, if you have any ideas or suggestions for people on the call that can come on every week, please drop a line into the into the input page on the on our cover. Uh, you know, we, we need more ideas from the good people that are doing all this work all across the country. Uh, we've, we've had a lot of different people on this call. Things are heating up. And, and my, by the way, uh, I've been trying to get a hold of this guy uh, who works for the Washington Times. I, I, mentioned, I, I can't mention his name on the call, but Steve Harris and I are going to try to do a podcast this week or next week. Steve, I did talk to this gentleman and he's amenable to doing a podcast, but we have to do it. We can't. He can't come on our call Thursday. I understand. So uh, it's going to be like a, a 15, 20-minute podcast. We can have the material. We can play it on the call next week or the week following, and then right. go over the material. We can do that ad hoc. Fred, you know. Fred, Fred, let me just add one thing. Um, for, for those of you who are maybe uh, uh, just learning about this stuff, I want to give you a resource. And it is just exactly that, a resource. It is called the scannedretina.com, S-C-A-N-N-E-D-R-E-T-I-N-A. Oh, Arnie, Arnie, Arnie's site, Arnie's site, man. Say that again, yeah. over again, scannedretina.com. Scannedretina.com. Folks, you know, you can, you can search on anything um, relating to the topics that we discuss, and you will find it there. You will find it in-depth. You will find it historically uh, um Correct, and you will find comment on it as well. So I would strongly suggest that the people that don't know about it, please learn about it. This is the resource that we need in order to get this thing turned around. Hey guys, uh, the gentleman behind that site, his name is Arnie Rosner, and he has done so much for so many people like the Carl Swenson's out there, providing legitimate factual content, actionable content, legal content to to light a fire uh, under the likes of, of, of guys like Carl Swenson. Thank you. On behalf of Arnie Rosner, I appreciate the, all of what he's done over the years. Yes, as do I. He has been a very big help, and uh, he has uh, been in my corner from the beginning. So thank you, Arnie and Ar- Rosner. Arnie if, you, Arnie, if you're on the call, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. for all that you're doing. Okay, Rebecca, uh, next week we'll have you on for part of the call. And uh, appreciate all the input, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap the call right now. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Dee. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Rebecca. We'll see you guys next week. Have a great week, guys. Thanks again. Got Thank me. you, Fred. Good night. Thanks, Fred. That's a wrap. Take care, guys. Thank you. A-U-N, American Underground Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.